welcome to the Scale Up Wallet podcast, where we bring the best tech leaders in the world to share with you how to scale your SaaS business from 2 million to 100 million uh, ARR. As we know, typically we have some of the best founders and CEOs and executives uh, in the world sharing their experience here, but we always also wanted to kind of have the perspective of the investor uh, in the show as well. And we had access um, strategic ventures, we had Isomer Capital, um, Capnemic Ventures, uh, Faraday Venture Partners, among others. And today we have a very special guest. And it's uh, Stephen Milliard, uh, partner at, at Notion. And I'm really enthusiastic about it because uh, Stephen will not only share the kind of the investment perspective, but also how to serve the portfolio, how to help the portfolio to grow. And I know that Stephen works really hard on this from uh, my experience uh, talking with him uh, in, in, the, in the last months, I, I would say, since, since we, we, start, we, we met um, in person. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So it's, it's really a pleasure and uh, it would be great to kind of uh, have our audience uh, in, in the same page as you are. So uh, who is Stephen and uh, how did you win that notion and what do you do at Notion? <laughs> Uh, so I suppose I've spent the uh, best part of 30 years trying to, to, to figure out how to help tech companies grow, some my own and, and some other, other people's. Um, I kind of I, I feel that I may be getting there, but, I, but I've still got a lot, <laughs> a lot to learn. Um, and um, I joined Notion just, uh, just come up to four years ago. Um, and a slightly circuitous uh, route to get there. So I'd had a career um, originally as an entrepreneur myself, unsuccessfully, had a couple of, um, had a very, an interesting early startup job, and I went to Oracle for eight years, which was, it was an incredible experience. Um, and then I was um, headhunted into a company called Message Labs back in 2003. And for those of you that don't know of Message Labs, um, was a one of the world's first SaaS companies, um, set up in all places of Gloucestershire, and um, it grew from its inception at zero, um, of zero in 2000, to what was at the time the biggest SaaS company in Europe and the second biggest SaaS company in the world when it was acquired wow. by Symantec in 2008 wow. with 150 million in recurring revenue. And I was the VP of marketing there for three years in the middle of that business. When that firm uh, exited, the partners, some of the founding teams of Message Lab set up Notion. They wanted to carry on working together and they felt there was an extraordinary opportunity um, to become the VC they never had. Right. And um, in 2009, they set up Notion and they started investing their private personal money. And then um, I joined basically on the birth of the third venture fund, which was launched um, in the latter parts of 2015. And, and I came with the kind of um, the mandate to, in a way, help us to live up to the promise as, you know, the very best B2B SaaS investor in Europe. And that's, wow. that's my remit. So, uh, yeah, it's a joy. And, and, on, and honestly, um, an incredible way to... Uh, to work and uh, to make a living. That's amazing. And so we had a lot of guests, uh, some of your CEOs um, in the show already. Uh, one of those uh, we have 
we had the pleasure of being very close to them, which is in Babel, which just raised uh, 60 million Series C, uh, yeah. with Notion is, is involved. So I'm, I'm really, really proud of them. Muse has been here yeah, also after yeah. Series B. Fantastic. Matt Weller. Exactly. Do Deal. Um, yeah. Go Cardless. Yeah. Well, yeah. um, you've done the rounds. You're just working. You're just working down the list of companies in our portfolio. That, that's true, and, and uh, so we were doing very, very well. And all of them, uh, especially Muse, uh, not because uh, I, I didn't ask this to others, uh, because I'm sure that all of them would say uh, <laughs> that that Notion was critical to open up their minds and to really go to another kind of game in terms of thought process. And they also talking about something that you work a lot on platform. So the importance of meeting another peers. So the kind of CEO groups that you do or peer-to-peer -peer groups, the CXO uh, groups were really important to them to, to, to move their mindsets to the next stage uh, of growth and of scale. So well done. And um, I'm not sure if you would like to uh, share more names than the ones that I shared uh, that we'd like no, to. I think that's, that's, entirely, <laughs> that's entirely fine. You picked off, so you picked off a whole group of the best ones. That's awesome. And just let us know a little bit the thesis of Notion before we go to the main core of, of the Yes. Show. So look, we're a B2B SaaS investor. We've invested in 60 companies uh, since 2000 and, um, 2009. Just going to turn off my WhatsApp before it starts beeping at me. Um, I've lost you, Mike. Ah, there you are. Sorry about that. Um, so yeah, we've invested in more than 60 SaaS companies since 2009. Um, I said there's kind of three things to think to know about us. One is that's all we do, B2B SaaS, at or there around about Series A, um, uh, centered in, in Europe. Um, investing um, in individuals, companies who are solving massive problems and have the desire and ambition to build you know, category leading companies, et cetera, but all B2B SaaS. And that is absolutely critical to us because um, while all of those companies are different, they have a huge amount in common. And, and we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, the second thing is as a team, um, at the partnership level, um, we've all worked in enterprise technology and specifically SaaS for 20 plus years each. Um, that's before Notion. So then Notion is 10 years. So you've, you've got people who, who've led, um, founded and led technology businesses for, for one to two decades, and then have um, invested in or supported SaaS companies. That, that is unique in Europe. There's nobody else that can come close to that, I don't think. And then you overlay the fact that um, we, we fundamentally believe in the importance of wrapping not just value, around um, our founders, but a, a, a totally distinctive experience um, because we feel that the way we behave and the way we interact with, with our portfolio is, is, is even more important than what we do. Um, and, um, and when you combine those three things, the focus, the team and, and the value, then I think you get something unique. Um, and then you know, the world's your oyster within B2B SaaS. This, there is so much opportunity still to be had. And we're eyes wide open to the, to the best opportunities. Um, we've just um, done the first close on our fourth venture fund. We've already made the first two investments. That we've made three, but one of them hasn't been announced yet. 
Um, and uh, so we're off to races already with that. That's amazing and congratulations. I, I really love. So it's something that we expect when, when an entrepreneur and the team is pitching us so that they have the, the, the plan to win the war and definitely Notion also has the clear plan to win the war and why Notion is so unique uh, and the category leader uh, in, in your space. Um, so let, let's start a little bit uh, the discussion about how to scale uh, SaaS business. You also have your own podcast, by the way, if you can share a little bit more about your podcast so people who would love to listen to you too uh, would come, I, I strongly recommend. Thank you. Um, I, I, I've done, we've done about 50 podcasts. Um, we've just finished, I just finished recording today the final episode of the third um, series of what we call the pain of scale. And th this is a, um, a, a program where we go around 10 topics. Um, one is an overarching kind of episode in terms of how we talk about the, the fundamental challenge of going from, as you're saying, two to 100, to, to 100 or two, uh, two to 200 million, whatever it might be. Right. Um, and then we dive into um, kind of key challenges, leadership, um, how to hire extraordinary people, how to design a category, how to grow your revenues, how to build your products, how to price, how to internationalize, fundraise, and exit. And um, we're quite deliberate, and we just go around those topics. And um, I, I do it because I learn a huge amount doing it. I mean, I just spent an hour this afternoon recording a podcast with the CFO of Go Cardless. It was just extraordinary. And, um, and I think um, that's the benefit we get from doing these kind of interactions. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's one of my, um, my pastimes as well as yours. So if you don't know the Pain of Scale, uh, Scale of Valley podcast, highly recommend the Pain of Scale. And, and, Thank you. That's uh, very also, kind of you. Uh, and uh, so let's start with the leadership team and especially with the CEO. So one of my main obsessions is to avoid that the CEO becomes the bottleneck of growth of the company and the leadership team and all the layers of leadership of the company. And I'm, I'm very happy to, to work some of, some of the best ones in the world that really are always so with, with a lot of ang anger to, to learn more, to kind of beat themselves, uh, not comparing themselves to anybody, but beating themselves every single time and ensuring that they are growing quicker than a company. And we know that in this kind of category, this is really difficult because the metrics that we need to achieve are really uh, hard to achieve. So how can we help those CEOs and those leadership teams to grow quicker than the company. So as a ship platform officer and as a partner of Notion, yeah. how do you move that? No, it's a good question. Uh, you know, the, it, it, is, it is mostly up here. You yeah. know, it, it's, it's understanding how you think and, and how you make decisions and how you behave in certain circumstances. And um, this has been, I think, critical for, for many of the founders. I mean, if you talk to Vasco Pedro, He's a, he's a great example. He, he invests in the quality of his mind. He invests but in understanding. Just for the audience, Vasco Pedro is the CEO of Enbabel, which is invested by... Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, so he invests in the quality of his mind. He, he invests in helping himself to think more clearly, clearly understand how he makes decisions, um, and, and understand how your brain works. Now, he, he's a super smart guy, but these things you have to practice. He... He said a really interesting thing, actually, when I recorded a podcast with him about a, a year ago, and we were talking about a very similar topic, um, which is, um, first of all, you, you have to learn to let go to grow. 
and um, he's a linguist. I mean, he's so good with words, and I, that's why it kind right. of kind of stuck stuck with me. And but if you're going to let go, you have to bring in people who've got repeat pedigree experience. And and he said um, that we were talking about this topic, and he said the, the thing is, I know I could solve most of the problems we need to solve, but I also know that when doing that, in order to learn, I'm going to make mistakes. And frankly, on the whole, I haven't got time to make many mistakes. So I need to bring in people who have experience of the next stage. And I think that's the second biggest thing. It is to be constantly looking at your team and saying, does this team and these individuals have the capacity to take me to the next level? If you look around the room and you're all in the biggest jobs of your lives, that's, that's a problem. And so you need to get ahead of that and, and say, well, we're going to go from um, one to 10 million, right? Has anybody here ever done that before? Shit, no. Well, we better get somebody who knows how to do that. Right. Um, we've got to 10 million and we need to get to 20. Um, has our CTO know how to scale this kind of organization? Has our CPO ever built that kind of organization? Is the CFO um, got the experience to raise the amount of capital we're going to need? That just keeps going on and on. And you might have seen the research that uh, Maddie Cross, who's our talent director, has done, where she looked at the hiring habits of the world's most extraordinary tech companies, and they level up their teams ruthlessly. And the tenures are less than three years, um, typically, on, on average. Um, and, um, and that is a habit that you need to form. So I, I'd say probably those, those two things. It's an, uh, taking a lot of notes while, while doing the podcast and listening it, of course, uh, after that. Uh, I always talk about this concept, which, which is very aligned with what you are saying, of keep building the next version of your leadership team. So leadership team 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. And in principle, you, we kind of need to have a, a change every single quarter, at least. If nothing changes in the team, uh, maybe we are avoiding some tough decisions uh, there. And from your experience, what are the most difficult positions to fill um, in, in the leadership team uh, from stage of growth to stage of growth? Well, I, just, to, just on one thing you said there, I think you've got to level up yourself as well as the leader. Exactly. So, you know, you, you, it's not enough just to make sure everybody else is, exactly. is growing. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so contextual, to be honest, which is the, which is the toughest. I, I, I'd say at the early stage, it does seem to be that the hardest is the commercial lead and the, and the sales lead. Mm -hmm. um, however, I'd also point, look at the, the, the product role, um, especially yeah. if, the found, if you really need a, a product leader, a chief product officer. I'd say that's probably the hardest to fill in Europe. Um, and yeah, that um, when we look across the portfolio and we see companies that are really doing well, they, they typically nailed both of those. Mm -hmm. um, I think as you get further along in scale, different roles become more important. More important. Um, so you'll be adding a lot of, VP of VPs of sales. I and mean, those, those numbers just rank up, rank up and up. And you, know, and you mentioned that you're doing something different every quarter. You need to be hiring somebody extraordinary every quarter. Right. Um, and that, that's probably one of the most important things. The caliber and quality of your CFO. You know, if you're going to go from um, 1 to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 40, 
et cetera, et cetera. You need a world-class financial brain sitting in the heart of your business. So I'm not really answering your question. They're all, they're all tough. They're all really important. It's quite contextual. Yeah, and um, I think that you answered the question by saying it is really quite contextual and I completely agree and uh, it seems kind of an excuse, but it's really important to understand what is the reality of the company and what is the timing and what is needed to move the company forward. And yeah, going after kind of going through the team and especially starting always with the main growth bottleneck, which is ourselves in our lives and in our businesses. And let, let's move to kind of the strategy and strategy on my side is also very attached with, with cash. So especially in the BC game, it's kind of what are the milestones that I need to achieve to get to the next uh, round? What is the, my plan to get there? And how much cash do I need to, to uh, execute those milestones? And by the way, what is the plan for the long term? Uh, how, do we la how will I win the category that needs to be clear and clear um, as we move more later stage? There is a very interesting uh, rule uh, that we always discuss here in the, sh the show from uh, one of the partners of Battery Ventures, if I'm not wrong, Agroal, um, who, who kind of uh, thinks about the, the rule of do going tripling three, three, two times and doubling three, tripling two and doubling three, which is going from two to six, six to 18, 18 to 36, 36 to 72, and 72 to 144 or 100 plus. That, that's, that's the point. Um, what, what do you think about those metrics? Are they realistic in, in the I think, honestly, I think it's nonsense. I think it's just, uh, it's, it's a smart bit of maths. And, and it's, a, it's a good mental model to think about. That's what you need to do. But, um, you know, I, if, you, if, I, if you tell me that if I run um, uh, 42 kilometers at 21, 22 kilometers an hour, I'll beat Kipchoge's marathon record. That's true, <laughs> but it doesn't actually make it possible, does it? Right. Um, I, I think it's far more... Um, it's far more complicated than that. that. And that is an outcome that you want to achieve. And, and so you firm, some firms have, have achieved that, and that's great. Um, you, you need to be at every single level, I think, really understanding the, the, the essence of the kind of unit economics, the, the way you're going to acquire customers the fastest, and um, underlaying your growth strategy with a real understanding of capital efficiency product market fit, then go to market fit, um, and really understanding repeatability and predictability. And if you can do those things, and you've got enough capital, and there's enough demand, um, and the market is big enough, then yes, why not? And some firms are really, do do this. I mean, like Muse Systems, you know, they're probably not far off those kind of numbers. Unbabel, not too far off those numbers. Um, so think of it as a mental model. It, it, it certainly isn't a rule. Got it. And um, I know the story uh, of Unbubble and of Muse, and uh, I think that they also kind of validate my, my following question, which is the courage of focus and the courage of killing what is not working and doubling down on what is working, which is very scary, especially uh, because we can get to the temptation of thinking on the, on the short term, what we need to raise the next round and not on the long term. Um, so uh, in terms of focus, uh, what are the main issues that you see in terms of the, of the portfolio companies getting to choose a protocol, a use case, a geo, or trying to do everything at the same time, which is 
typically the recipe yeah. for failure. And it is, um, I, it's very understandable as well. I mean, I, I don't think we should be um, uh, in, in any way um, condemning founders who, right. who, who are, you know, really um, the drivers op yeah. opportunistically. But uh, if I, I'll, I'll take uh, Unbabel or Muse Systems as, a, as an example, they know who their best customers are. Um, they know um, where they live. They know how they're going to acquire them. They know why they deliver value. So this goes back to the fundamental truisms of someone like um, Porter. When you know he'll say, you know, you know who your customers are that you're going to serve uniquely well. Right. And when you do that, you also have to say who you're not going to target. So we were looking last couple of weeks ago. Someone sent me the pipeline deck of Unbabble, and all of their target customers are nailed square on ideal customer profile. Amazing. And this is exactly, I mean, it was almost identical kind of ideal customer profile to the discussions we were having two and a half years ago. Because the market is so big. And people think that um, actually you can go wide, you need to go wide to get big. Actually, go, go deep. Um, if right. the market is big enough, go go deep, and, and I think that's what those people do incredibly well. But it, hey, easy to say. Okay. And just a, a more general um, question, uh, again, kind of combining strategy and cash uh, in the second pillar of our conversation, um, which is what were the key mistakes that you saw um, leadership teams doing in terms of uh, cash? So. Which might I'd say? Um, I, can I answer a slightly different question? Which is yeah. I, our biggest mistake. Better. Our right. our biggest mistake is investing too much cash before companies have product market fit. So I then right. extrapolate that back to the founder, and, and and say that's probably the biggest thing. Got it. And so we discussed the team. We discussed strategy and and cash. So uh, what about uh, execution? And in terms of execution, nowadays, everyone in the tech industry is kind of doing the same. So the dailies, weeklies, monthlies, quarterlies, all ends, uh, cross-functional uh, meetings. So did you see any kind of extraordinary rhythm of world-class uh, teams, uh, high-performing teams in your portfolio? Yeah, I, I, I have. And I'm, I'm, it's going to sound a bit, a bit um, repetitive. Uh, I had the joy of spending a few days with Mew Systems out in Prague a couple, um, couple of months ago, I think it was, and they were running their all hands. And I've never seen anything quite so slick in, in my life. I mean, the operational efficiency with the, the, and clarity with which Matt runs that organization. Matt Weller is the CEO of, of Mew yeah. Systems. Quite extraordinary. Has um, been here in the podcast. Go to yeah, see the show. <laughs> yeah, he 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 really is a very very impressive man. And, and what what he does incredibly well um, is that he's he creates a very operationally structured framework. But there's a huge amount of freedom within that. So uh, I think that's what the best organisations do. They're fundamentally aligned. They know what their purpose is. They've got clarity about their values and their behaviours. Um, and they operate with freedom within a framework. Um, and that's what the, I think many of the best companies do. Love it. Uh, just writing about freedom with uh, a framework. So it's freedom, freedom within a framework. Within a framework. So that's really, yeah. really, really powerful. 
And we come to uh, one of our favorite questions uh, in the show, which is, if you had the opportunity to kind of get back to, to four years ago when you joined uh, Notion uh, as, as a partner and chief platform officer, uh, what kind of advice would you tell yourself or would you offer yourself? You know, you know nothing. <laughs> you know, uh, you know less than nothing. <laughs> and the things that you do know, um, you need to unlearn. Um, uh, I think the in the first couple of years, in particular in the first year, I thought my job was to fix things. And, and frankly, you can't really do that. And also, it's not my job. And, it, and it's kind of, it, it, it feels wrong anyway. And so um, what I what I turned into saying, well, actually, how can I learn as opposed to um, how can I help? Um, and, and by learning more from people like, um, you know, Unbabble or Go Cardless or Muse or whoever it is, um, then, then I can help um, and just be, in, just be way more curious and way more open-minded to the fact that there are so many different ways to solve a problem. There are so many different ways to grow a company. There are so many ways to achieve scale that we haven't thought of yet. And I, and, and, and I think um, be completely wary about any received wisdom. If anybody says it's done like this, it, it will always be done like that. Uh, you know, just walk them out the door because they may be right, but you've got to be open to the fact that there's other ways of doing things. So, yeah, I, I just just say be be open be a way more curious and, and and start learning fast steven it was such a pleasure such a masterpiece to be uh, listened and listened <laughs> and here earth again so thanks so much for joining us it was a pleasure